Another episode, another day in the kitchen, episode number five. Today, it looks like we have a big table that's out here. What, what are you working on? Cutting fabric. Cutting fabric. Yeah. Okay, always something. So we're going to go pretty quickly today because there are a lot of news stories that have taken place that probably need to be spoken about. Mm-hmm. And for those that haven't listened to our previous episodes, I, I guess you'll get the idea. We talk about news stories that my wife finds that are not necessarily headline news and you might not actually be aware of. And that, that pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to start off with a quick one with North Carolina man gets arrested for not returning VHS tape in 2002. Well, it was a tape that he took out in 2002 and never returned. Right. A tape that he took out in 2002 and he never actually returned it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. local enforcement, after pulling him over for just a routine stop because he was dropping off his uh, daughter to work, they actually said, you're you're not going to believe this, but I have a warrant for your arrest from the video shop J&J Video in Salisbury, North Carolina, which has closed for the film Freddy Got Fingered, that he never returned the video. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as a result, the officer let the perpetrator, if you will, <laughs> drop his kid off to work. Uh, work. School is like work nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drop off to school and then had to turn himself in. Well, you missed an important detail. Tom Green actually... Avram, you missed an important detail. What? The video shop is closed. Well, I mentioned that already. I don't know if he did. JJ and video is closed. Right. Okay. Which makes this even worse, mm-hmm. the entire situation. And Tom Green even contacted and said, well, (laughs) of all the videos, it was just interesting that it happened to be his video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had a good laugh about it, which is quite a bizarre story. Yes. Yeah. I have nothing else to add to that. Okay. Speaking of videos... Rhode Island tourism is having a problem. Oh, gosh. Because they're being criticized for using shots of Iceland in their tourist video that was supposed to be a $5 million tourism campaign called Cooler and Warmer. See, I grew up in Rhode Island, and I was not surprised. Yeah. They're very kooky. This is from NBC10 News. And what they're saying is is that this uh, group, Commerce Corporation, put a presentation video together with explicit instructions given to the local firm that they were to only use Rhode Island footage and yet a mistake was made. Well, the problem was that the footage that they... This was like stock footage that I guess was filmed by a Rhode Islander of a Rhode Islander, but it was not in Rhode Island. Well, it was filmed by a Rhode Islander of a Rhode Island skateboarder. Right, that's what I'm saying. the skateboarder is from Rhode Island... The person who took the footage was from Rhode Island. It was just taken in Iceland. Yes. That's, that's the big problem. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and they're going to correct the video. Mm-hmm. And 
it even went through a bunch of checks throughout government government and they still allowed the video to go through people in providence still don't understand the whole term cooler and warmer and what that's even supposed well, to that mean. was that was the motto that they chose for their campaign right i don't understand what that's supposed to mean right uh, i grew yeah. up there that it's 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 a little confusing and there's even a website that rolled out that I guess a few a day later that there was a problem where it had inaccurate information. So the entire campaign is right, in trouble. They, they were saying that like 20% of landmarks or something are in Rhode Island, right? Yeah. Which is not true. Right. They said it's actually like 2%. Right. Speaking of fun problems... The UK was asking the internet to name a vessel, and instead the name that they got was Bodie McBoatface. Yes. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you would come up with. Well, well, I mean, you sent it to me, so... Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, this, this is as bad as a Mountain Dew contest where they were trying to find a new flavor, and the audience asked that the name be Hitler did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what happens when you have the internet trying to help a corporation with their project. Yeah. Especially looking at what's been going on with Microsoft and their little Twitter project that's been shut down twice already. The robot thing? Yeah, robot. Once for... I think in a different time period, maybe these things would have gone over better, but I don't think people really have the same level of respect that they used to. There, there are psychologists that are saying the issue that's happening with uh, uh, Tay on Twitter, Microsoft's little project, is fascinating to see how an individual who can be easily influenced gets influenced and they want to look at that data while Microsoft wants to just hide the fact that they even ran this program in the first place because the end of the first day the robot was praising Hitler and the end of the second day once it came back up it was talking about taking drugs in front of the police Mm -hmm. so it's back down again yeah maybe they'll try for a third shot it's pretty messed up I mean like think about it really for uh, for for using it for purposes of exploring how somebody becomes influenced, the robot is not a person. No. So even if you you can gain some information from that, it's not really going to tell you very much. But it's showing culture. Right. Next thing we have is coming to us from Europe where an arrest has taken place after a girl seven years old dies while playing on a bouncy castle, and we've all played on a bouncy castle. Yes. I mean, you've played on a bouncy castle. I know. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's a great time. The problem is, is that this bouncy castle flew in the air because of wind that was taking place at the time. And it was just... Because they didn't have it secured down enough or something. They're saying that it wasn't possibly secured down enough. Mm-hmm. No. So, as a result, a 27-year-old man and a 24-year-old woman from the firm that runs the Bouncy Castle was arrested on suspicion of manslaughter by gross negligence. Mm-hmm. Which is just crazy because 
the safety stakes for the bouncy castle was literally pulled out of the ground by this gust of wind. That's pretty messed up. Right. <clears throat> so it must have been quite a gust of wind. Well, they, I think they said that like they didn't think it was going to be a windy day. No, and they all didn't. all of a sudden this gust of wind came along. But I don't know. I think that you should still have those kinds of things secured down regardless. Right. Because well, you, you never know. I mean, maybe, I don't know what the weather is like there, but here you never know when something like that's going to happen. It could be sunny in the morning and snowing in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, it's just sad mm-hmm. that it happened. And speaking of sad, we'll talk about this really quickly because we talked too much about this topic already. Someone decided that it would be a brilliant idea in Central Park to purchase a real tombstone. And tombstones could be in upwards of $10,000 plus dollars mm-hmm. with Trump's name on it and Donald J. It has the birth year of 1946, a cross is on it, and it doesn't have anything signifying the death year. And the comment on the tombstone is made America again. It, mm-hmm. it didn't last very long in Central Park because as soon as it was discovered, the park enforcers ended up taking it away. Mm-hmm. And the last time something like this has happened, it was when Jeff Greenspan and Andrew Titter uh, did a public prank with NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden in Brooklyn last April where they put a bust of Edward Snowden on top of a monument. Mm. And when they did that, they actually had reasons for the guerrilla art. So they made sure that it actually fit and that there was a real message involved. In this play, they actually mentioned that, number one, they did not do this one, and they feel like whoever had the guts to do such a high-profile public space like Central Park and to install it professionally in the way that they actually installed it, uh, that they probably should have thought more through the artistic nature of it because they don't get it. They don't see what the purpose was for this tombstone. As in people who visited the park? Well, why did they choose to put the gravestone in Central Park? Well, probably they get a lot of traffic there, right? Right, but they're saying, once again, when you look at guerrilla art, it usually has a reason. Trump doesn't have necessarily anything to do with Central Park. Mm -hmm. There's no real connection with Central Park. And then the idea of having the birth year and the death year with no death year signified, what are they saying? Are they trying to get people to kill Trump? Is that what they're asking for? And they're just having this prepared? What What was their entire purpose of this? Because just putting a grave somewhere it's not going to disappear even if Trump doesn't win. The hate that people are feeling. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I think that's the problem right now is that it's too in entrenched. Because people are uh, feeling their own anger because of what's happening in the world right now in the economy. You know, which is not in such a great spot. <laughs> I can't disagree with that, but... You know, if that's so deeply channeled and it's coming out of their own experiences and it's just being fed into this campaign, then you can't really turn that around because they're taking it from a deeper place than uh, something that, that's just being claimed by somebody. Right, because they were saying that if they were going to do this whole um, tombstone they probably would have said 1946 to 2016, or they might have even taken the date out completely and just left it as Trump. Mm -hmm. So that way it causes more questions than trying to put it right in front of your face of made America hate again and all those extra elements. Just by having the word Trump there in Central Park, if that's what they were going for, that would have created more people to sit there and stare Versus just looking at it as a publicity stunt. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you're an artist yourself. Do you feel that these guerrilla artists are right in their opinion or? In deciding to put it in Central Park? No, no, no. It, they didn't put it in Central okay. Park. They are, they are being art critics of whoever did put oh. this in Central Park. Uh -huh. And they're saying that whoever did this didn't think through the art piece. Well, from my experience of a lot of people doing modern art, I think that's a common issue right now, is that people don't think through their art pieces, to be frank. Um, so, I mean, that's part one, but I mean, but look at it, I mean, it got us talking, right? It did. That's what people are trying to do right now with modern art. Like, I think that there are probably a lot of people out there, I'm not really into modern art, but I think there are probably a lot of people who, like, you know, paint a tomato and, like be like, well, it's not just a tomato, like, like, you know, make people talk about it. Right. Right, they want it as a talking point. They don't want it because it's nice art. They want to do it because it makes people talk about it. That's just the art world we're in right now. Hmm. At least from what I've seen. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It is very different. Speaking of different and uh, uh, deaf... Folding gun looks like a smartphone, which is worrying police. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. Right. Because they've literally made a gun that can be folded up, think Transformers, mm -hmm. into what looks like a phone. I think that's really scary, and I think whoever came up with that probably wasn't using their brain very much. No offense, but... I mean, the, we're, we're in an era now where there are constant mass shootings, right? right? You know, it's, it's not even like, wow, this could be cool spy gear or something like that. It's like, you know, we're in a time now where somebody would really use that to their advantage to hurt people. And it would be very hard to detect. Right. Because you're saying in today's day and age, carrying a concealed pistol has become a necessity. But what if you didn't have to conceal... That's where our product concealed comes in. Smartphones are everywhere, so your new pistol will easily blend in with today's environment. What the government is saying, though, that people that carry this conceal uh, gun, when it's not in gun form and it's in that concealed looking like a phone type of folding pattern, that those people are going to need to have a permit for concealment. 
I can see that. Even though it's out in the open and anybody can see that they're they're having a gun, which means that certain states that don't have laws that allow people to conceal a weapon are not going to be able to use this gun when it's in its concealed form. Mm -hmm. Because it always needs to be showing. Right. This is so messed up. I mean, I know they said it can only hold, like, a few bullets, right? I'm checking right now. I think it it said it really can't hold much. So, I mean, theoretically, like, you know, somebody wouldn't be able to do very much with it, but... Its list price is around four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a double barrel .380 caliber to carry in a purse or clipped on your side like a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it resembles a smartphone, yet with one click of the safety button, will open and become ready to fire. Mm-hmm. It was designed with safety as a priority. It a hundred percent American made, hundred percent American parts, hundred percent American owned. I just think that, like I said, we're in an era right now where where people are taking these things that are built, you know, probably with good intentions and using them for bad intentions. Right. So I don't know if I really like where this is going. Right. They're saying it's got a hammerless firing system for ease of use and added safety. And they're saying ease and speed of deployment will mean the difference in an outcome. You can be quick on the draw, stopping a threat effectively and immediately. Right, but again, like, you know, if, if there's a threat, right, and you pull this thing out and you're like, you know, you're, you're going to stop somebody from attacking you, that's all well and good, but they're just going to come up with something worse. I'm going to make it worse. Let's say, for example, you're, you're not uh, thinking through your decisions. You have this kid that's crying. You want to okay. give them your cell phone. You give them your cell phone. Then you realize you just handed them your gun. Right, or they find it because, I mean, kids that that age, you would assume, like, can't really discern. You know, like, I mean, I've seen, like, you know, one, one-and-a-half-year-olds playing with phones these days, right? Yeah. You can't expect that they'll be able to discern between a real phone and a pretend phone. Right. I mean, I'm literally looking at this right now, and as I look at the picture, there's even a spot that looks like there's a camera on this quote-unquote phone gun. Right. And here, we're even having the police having trouble with toy guns, where they're shooting people that happen to have toy guns, Mm -hmm. because you don't know anymore. Right. Especially with today's technology, but mm-hmm. um, the website is urging people to check state and local concealment laws, mm-hmm. which are probably going to change, but the company even stated they've already received 2,500 emails from people that want to buy the gun as of March 30th, wow. 2016. I think they said it's coming out later this year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's coming out. So, I don't know, it's freaky. I mean, that, that being said, they're even coming out with products now for women, which allows you to put a gun in a bra, a garter, a corset, lingerie, handbag, etc. Yes, it's nice that they're coming up with these things, but again, somebody with bad motives is going to use it for bad motives. Right. I mean... That's the problem. Yeah. I, it just feels really strange that we've gone to this point. 
about all these concealed weapons. So it's not necessarily even the idea of, okay, everybody having a gun, they have their rights due to the Constitution and all that. But everybody's afraid right now because, again, there are mass shootings. Right. I mean, when I'm sitting in, like, a train station stuff around here, like, oftentimes there isn't a whole lot of security. Right. And it's scary because, like, you know, if you're lucky, maybe there's an officer or two around, but oftentimes there are not. I'm sure that there are some who are, you know, undercover and all that, but it's like, I, I think that we're in an era where everybody's afraid of it. It's like in different times in history when everybody would have gas masks hanging around, right? Right. Because you didn't know what was going to happen. Right. I mean, it's like that. I mean, I find myself looking around a lot more. I see a lot of people doing that. There, there's even websites for women that are out there called thewellarmedwoman.com mm-hmm. where there are video tutorials, courses, etc. to get women more involved in... Like being able to protect themselves? Protecting themselves. Yeah. With the concealed carry solutions. Mm-hmm. But with... I mean, just even thinking about that, this is... Does it even feel comfortable having a gun in your underwear? I mean, that just seems... I don't know, because I don't do stuff like that. No, it's... But some people do, and that's up to them. I'm just thinking about the doctors that are going to be dealing with patients that are coming in. Oh, God, what happened? I got shot. Oh, okay. What what happened? Ah, it just happened to go off. Like, this is just bad. That's the world we're in. Yeah. I, I mean, granted, safeties and all that, but I don't know. I guess to each their own, yeah. essentially. I mean, again, I don't think that like using guns is the best solution to a lot of things. Like, you're probably better off with pepper spray or something. Right. But there are definitely sketchy people around. I mean, we've been in, like, subway stations and stuff, and... There's some pretty weird people, you know that, but you don't pull a gun on them. Right, there's no reason to pull like a if, gun if, on I them. I mean, unless they're doing something really crazy, but still. No, you usually... Like, use the pepper spray. Use the pepper spray, find the red and blue light that's usually around that you can yeah, push. Yeah, if you're lucky, if it's functioning. I mean, around here, I can never count on things functioning. Yeah, it's true. You're an old transit system, and, you know, it, it, it works when it wants to work. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Like, sometimes they don't even have, like, the gates where you scan your card working. That's true. You know, you, like, go in there, it'll be, like, malfunctioning for hours on end. And they're complaining about budget problems. This is a whole other issue. No, but seriously. Yeah. Like, you you can save a lot of money if you keep after your infrastructure and make sure that, that you're giving people the opportunity to pay their fare. It's broken window syndrome. Yeah. I mean, for those that don't know, the whole idea is if you have a single broken window, there's a good chance you're going to end up with many more. Yeah. Instead, if you fix that broken window, it's less likely to have more incidences. Right. right. So it's important to get those, those repaired. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to states moving to restore work requirements for food stamp recipients. It seems that there are certain states that want to put able-bodied adults to work in exchange for their food stamps, as long as they don't have children. Mm-hmm. And President Obama, during the last recession, 
we call it a recession, I still don't know if it really is or isn't what, a recession. What, 2008? Yeah. I think the economy was pretty bad back then. Yeah, fine. Um, that adults without children work at least 20 hours per week or participate in some type of training program to receive benefits for more than three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that allowed recipients to stay on food stamps indefinitely. Uh, that the three-month maximum was unfair with unemployment at 10%. Uh, Obama was quoted as saying food stamp recipients didn't cause the financial crisis. Wall Street did. Okay, and it was a hard time. The problem is that people started to take advantage of it. Right. And, I mean, when, when you're in that position, it is hard to get yourself back on your feet, but you've got to try. Kansas was one of them that reinstated work rules... And the food stamp rolls dropped from 20000 and the incomes of those who left ended up increasing by 127%. Right. Just by changing this rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Kansas came Maine in 2014, and just in three months, the number of able-bodied adults without children on food stamps fell by 80%. Mm-hmm. And then... It even helped crack down on welfare benefits out of state, where they found hundreds of Maine residents use their cash cards at Disney World. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's, a problem. Yeah. Uh, Maine actually discovered millions of dollars being taken out of Maine and being brought to Florida. Mm -hmm. So that raised some red flags. Uh, Another problem is that one of the people that was on food stamps that was recognized was a lottery winner. Really? Yep. Because their taxes went through the roof? Nope. They they just happened to be a lottery winner. And they were on food stamps? And they were on food stamps, and they ended up keeping the food stamps. Yeah, the government, like, never noticed. Right, so there was never a required asset test. So, food stamp recipient was able to have vacation homes, multiple cars, lottery winnings, and still qualify. Wow. Right. And then a 2015 state study found 4,000 welfare recipients won more than $22 million in the state lottery. Mm -hmm. And were still on food stamps. Mm -hmm. So then they decided to impose a limit on assets. Essentially, one member mentioned that an individual could win a half million dollars, and in the month that they received the lump sum, they may not qualify because it counts as income, but then the very next month and every month going forward, they can then legally sign up for food stamps because they're not working, even though they have all this asset. So the the first, first month, they get a windfall, but then they're not receiving any more income but they don't need to receive income. This is crazy. So they qualify for food stamps. I'm sure all this stuff made the economy even worse. I mean, in Maine at least. Yeah, but I'm sure that kind of thing is happening all over the country. Yeah. Because, I mean, we know, like, you can live on a very, very low budget. Like, mm-hmm. we do, and we really, like, you know, make use of every last, like, thing when it comes to food and everything and make a lot of things from scratch 
like it is very possible to live on a low budget and like get yourself together. Exactly. You just have to be determined to do it. We're gonna finish up quickly with Lush Soap from okay. AOL. It's literally making people's have plants growing out of their baths and showers. Right, because the thing is that they use like real beans in them and you leave real beans in your water and they sprout. Yep. Yeah, so literally. Yeah, I, I find this extremely comical because I haven't had some experience in making soap and stuff. So every time we go past a Lush store, we kind of laugh because. Like, they claim that their stuff is all natural, but I'm going to be honest with you, like, reading their ingredients, it's, like, mostly chemicals. You know, and they, and they might throw a bunch of, like, grains and stuff in there to, like, make it look all natural, but half that stuff in there is chemicals, and it is not good for you. And, like, those stores are very perfumey. I don't know. That's my problem with them. But I, it, it's... This, this isn't the first time they've had a problem because they did have a brand of bath oil that turned you pink. Right. You this just don't do that. I mean, like, I know, you know, my own product testing, if something does that, I'm like, I'm not making this, you know? I'm just, I, I do this, like, as a small thing. Not a big company, but, I don't know, the marketing of all these cosmetics companies is just so off. Yeah, and, and it's because of a dookie beans, it says. Right. So no, but seriously, like, you know, read labels, you know, if you go into a store like that, because... Like, I, I don't know how many, like, preservatives and stuff I notice on their ingredient labels. It, it bothers me. Like, when places like that call themselves natural, and I see, like, myself and, like, other little guys who are, like, really trying to stick to simplicity and stuff, and, you know, everybody's drawn into these big companies that claim that they're doing it right. Well, we're out of time. If you want to check out more about the ingredients my wife was talking about, followthesoap.com is the website want to thank everybody for coming to today's oh, there's, episode. There's another thing, actually, that you should um, look at if you ever want to know about soap ingredients. It's a Skin Deep database. You can just, like, Google it, and you can look up um, using it the materials, like the ingredients and whatever soap or cosmetic product you use and see if they're actually legit. Okay. Just good to know. If you want to check out more thingsmywifesendsme.com, thank you for listening to Things My Wife Sends Me. And remember, my wife has information that is good to listen to. However, you're really forcing yourself, aren't you? Always listen to your wife. Thank we'll you. see you next time. <laughs>